What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey guys, this next segment is brought to you by the Blackhawk Group. Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www.blackhawkgroupllc.net. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Empire Circuit Serve Network podcast. I'm Pete. This is Evan. We have a special guest today. Before we get to her and what we're going to be talking about, first off, if you're new to the show, welcome. The Empire Circuit Serve Network podcast is from New York based conservatives who are sick and tired of how the state is being run. You're sick and tired of being neglected by local and state politicians. And you're sick and tired of being ostracized by friends, family, and coworkers think, thinking differently than they do about politics and life in general. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Joanna Hyatt from Live Action. She's the Director of Strategic Partnerships. I hope I got that title right. And uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be talking about the Reproductive Health Act and you know, the pro-life movement going on in the country. But you know, how's it going, Joanna? Thanks for coming on. It's going great. It's always wonderful to talk to revolutionaries in you know, states that are not quite where we would like them to be on life. So well done. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're definitely not where we want to <laughs> be. We are far from where we would like to be. <laughs> so let's just let's start right there then. So, so the Reproductive Health Act, that obviously passed, uh, what was it, almost a couple of months ago yeah. now. And, obvi- and it was met with a lot of brushback. A lot of people in New York, believe it or not, even a lot of people on the left are not happy about it. They think that it's taking things way too far. So, uh, you know, initially, just, just what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, you work for a pro-life movement, so I can probably guess. But what are your thoughts on how something like that can be passed? Abortion is one thing, but late term to that extent is quite another. Well, I think sadly what we have to remember is that what New York put into law they put into state law, it's actually already legal because of Roe v. Wade. And a lot of times we think, oh no, surely abortion's not allowed through all nine months, but Roe versus Wade makes it allowable. New York just went ahead and put that into their state law. And so as heartbreaking as it is, what we're seeing is that people are really actually waking up because of what is happening in New York and Virginia and some of these other places, realizing, wait a minute, (laughs) this is way too extreme for what we thought we were agreeing to. And so we're seeing actually more people jumping into the pro-life movement, more people engaging and activating. And so I agree. I mean, I think, I think it's extreme, but I think it also in a, in a way gave us Um, if you can see the silver lining on it, a win in that it's helping people realize the abortion lobby has always been very extreme in their position. Yeah, no, they they absolutely have. And I think in recent years too, I'm I'm sure you're familiar with the Project Veritas video that came out uh, not too long ago that goes over how they essentially sell uh, fetus body parts after an abortion and and ultimately for a lucrative profit. So to that point too, um, the Unplanned movie came out this weekend, and unfortunately, they were not really able to advertise unless you listen to conservative radio like uh, Glenn Beck's thing, The Blaze, or something like that. No, you didn't really hear about it, but it, it actually did pretty well at the box office, all, all things considered. So does, does that leave you optimistic that maybe, you know, not just here in New York, but the country might be moving in the right direction on this finally after, what was it, been 40 plus years, 50, almost 50 years now? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think anytime that you see people willing to put their money where their mouth is, um, that's encouraging because it it costs something to buy a movie ticket, right? Mm -hmm. And to take the time to go out to get a babysitter, whatever it may be. Um, But we at Live Action are really seeing just people engaging on our online content to such a degree that 
you know, it's not just people who self-identify as pro-life. And I, and I think that's great. And, and I think a lot of the unplanned audience are people who already self-identify as pro-life, but we're seeing a lot of people engaging who are what we consider the mushy middle. So people who aren't quite sure what they believe on the issue, or they would say, I'm personally pro-life, but I would never ask anyone else, or I believe in exceptions. And, and so that to us has been incredibly encouraging as we watch our view counts go into the millions of people wanting to learn about abortion, wanting to know exactly what are these procedures, because nobody actually talks about what an abortion is. And mm -hmm. Amplan did show that, you know, it gives you a glimpse at, at just how awful it is. Um, and, I, and now we're seeing people, you know, come to our website to find out more. And it's been great. I mean, if it's possible, again, to be encouraged in the face of such a horrific issue, there is a lot I think to be excited about and encouraged by. No, definitely. I think definitely the unplanned movie and legislation like what we had Reproductive Health Act in New York is waking people up. And you see it in other areas too, where even California just reversed their gun ban, uh, the gun magazine ban, and all these other things happening where we've been moving towards the extremes of the left. And now it's kind of that tipping point where people are like, we need to stop. Let's, we really need to get a hold of what's going on in this country because there's a certain point where even the most per, even the most pro pro choice pro abortion person is going to be like that's that's a little mm -hmm. unsettling when you can kill a baby the day before it's supposed to be born and it's purposely being written into law in a state again it makes a lot of people uncomfortable and i think it's good that people are waking up to stuff like this well and these legislators are, are proving themselves to be on the extreme i mean mm -hmm. the latest marist poll came out showing that in the state of New York, 75% of people said abortion should be capped at 20 weeks. So mm. already the state law is beyond. Accessing that. And then if you look at the whole country, 75%, about 75% of people think abortion should be limited to the first trimester, which is the mm -hmm. first 12 weeks. And yet you have groups, um, politicians, you know, private groups, pushing for this extreme position on abortion that does not actually line up with the American public. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're, we're headed to this point where you are going to have a collision uh, because you have a one political party, particularly that it consistently pushes for abortion um, all nine months, and you have an American people that are moving in the opposite direction. Yeah, and an interesting question I had, and we had some people on from a PAC this past Friday, and we were talking climate change, so nothing directly in relation to this, but they utilized you know population control as as a potential uh, reasoning for this. So, so in terms of abortion, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, how, how much you want to speculate on it, but what do you think their real motivation is behind it? Because, you know, choice and everything is one thing, but like you said, the vast majority of the public in the country, you know, thinks that even if you are pro-choice, it's within that first trimester. So why are they pushing it to such an extreme where, you know, even Ralph Northam was okay with infanticide, which luckily didn't pass in Virginia. Um, so, so why do you think that is that they're pushing so far uh, and so extreme? I, mean, I, I think at the, uh, you know, there are a lot of issues. I, I do think uh, population control comes into it. You do have groups that, like Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, that, you know, have been notorious for supporting population control. But I do think at the core of it, really, it's money. It's, you know, these candidates are supported by really big backers. And, you know, even Cecile Richards, when she was head of Planned Parenthood, said that, that she wanted to make them the best political action group. So we know that they're absolutely involved in politics. They're involved in campaigns, uh, you know, through their 501c4. And these politicians are getting 
a lot of money to take these extreme positions. And we've seen what happens if a politician dares to stand up to the abortion business. They get absolutely destroyed in the media. And, and those of us who are on the side of life need to continually rally behind those people, support those people who are willing to take those brave stands and, and be a voice for life in the public square. Yeah, And a lot of it, when you combine the, uh, the abortion up to nine months for any reason, when you combine it with the socialism and all this other stuff, it really, and people always say this on the left, but it really harkens back to Nazi Germany, to government eugenics. And the government deciding now who's going to live and who's going to die. And luckily, people in this country, more, many of them remember these things and they stand up for, you know, for the rights of the unborn and things like that. But the thing that people need to realize is that, yes, it is about money. But people have been brainwashed to think for some reason hmm. that it's a right, a right to murder, to take away human life. When, first of all, when it's viable outside the womb, that's, that's a completely different story. The day before the baby's about to be born, how would it be your right to then take this? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't get up to the up to nine month thing. Like how it's, and then they, they yell, like you said, they, they go after these people. Like you're not for women's reproductive health. Right. It's like, we're not, that's not what we're talking about anymore. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the day before the baby is supposed to be born mm -hmm. and you want to just be able to just whoosh, kill it. Yeah. That's it. And I think what happens is whoever defines the terms of a debate really owns that debate. And for a long time, pro-abortion um, advocates have defined this debate in words like choice and right that resonate with us, you know, especially as Americans. We believe in our independence. We believe in our ability to make our own choices. We don't want, don't tread on me, right? Yep. <laughs> so, and so by taking those words, they, they have controlled the debate. And what's encouraging to see is, you know, through the videos that we're creating at Live Action, through the stories that we're having online, all this stuff, we're seeing people begin to realize that the, the words need to be taken back. And we're owning those words again and helping women realize it's not empowering if you have to kill your child. It's actually demeaning to be told as you know, as a woman, as a mother of three girls, I find it incredibly condescending to be told, hey, the best way that you can succeed is if you kill your baby. Like you're not actually strong enough to go to school and have a child, to work a job and have a child. And yet no man has ever asked that. No man has ever said, hey, the only way you can go to school is if you kill your offspring. And so I think it's it's re-educating people. Uh, and, and we've done a lot of that at Live Action and we're continually doing that saying, how do we take back these words to mean what they should mean. What does right mean? What does choice mean? The choices of everybody, child, money, you know. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's I think you're right in that, in that for too long people have been fed that it means one thing and we're in the process of re-educating. And it's great to see people are changing their minds. This next segment is brought to you by Items for All Occasions. Items for All Occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your event's promotional needs. Whether it's announcements, cards, giveaways, invitations, tchotchkes, or video books, they have you covered. Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforalloccasions.com. Yeah, and, and in terms of re-education too, and this is something I hear all the time and I've even encountered when, I, when I've talked to people who are adamantly pro-choice, they're even in support of the Reproductive Health Act and some of these, you know, vile pieces of legislation, let's say, well, you're a man, your, your voice doesn't count. Is that part of your re-education process? You know, is there a way 
that obviously the, the father of a child, whether obviously it hasn't been conceived at that point, you know, can have a say. And you can articulate that to someone who might be brainwashed into thinking that, oh, you're a man, so you're, it doesn't really matter. Well, absolutely. It's empowering men to begin to own their choices and to, mm-hmm. to realize that th- this is their child too, but that women, you know, a lot of the time women will say that they have an abortion because they felt unsupported, because they felt alone. And, and it may not change the conversation every time, but how many times would it change the outcome if men were to say, you know what, I'm willing to help you care for that child. I'm willing to help you come up with that adoption plan. I'm willing to pay for not the death of that child, but the life of that child. I think it would radically transform um, how a lot of these women go about with their pregnancies. And, and so I think, you know, it's encouraging men, inviting them into the conversation. I always find it very interesting that a male Supreme Court determined this, and yet people who are pro-abortion are always saying, men can't decide. I'm like, well, you are fine with men deciding when it works in your favor. So, right. um, and I think it's, a, it's, a, it's another way for men to abuse women when we tell them that they can have, you know, just pay for her abortion. So we're encouraging men to be irresponsible. We're encouraging men to hurt women physically, to victimize them. And, and nowhere should that be a part of the conversation that we're promoting. Like to be pro-women is to be pro-life. Yeah, no, I, I would understand agree with that. And, and I think, you know, you mentioned a couple of words, irresponsibility and the word victim. And, and, and we've talked about this before, too, where, yeah, whenever you have sex, protected or unprotected, there is that risk, and especially if you're both fertile. So. Uh, it, it, I think that's something generationally too, over the last couple of generations, it's really been taken away that, you know, if you mess up, eh, it's okay, you know, you can get an abortion and they make it seem like it's not a big deal when it, when it actually is. I mean, since I was eight years old and I barely knew anything about it, I thought it was, it didn't make any sense to me why people were so adamantly for it. But I think that's, that's part of maybe something we need to reclaim as a society and as a culture that we need to own up to our actions, whether they lead to, you know, something, you know, expected and positive or something that's unexpected. And, you know, even if you're not ready, if, if the, if everything goes according to plan and, and you leave it alone in nine months, it's going to be a child. You got to accept responsibility. You got to own up and you got to do what's best. And if you're not financially or emotionally ready, I, I there's, you can put the child up for adoption. And there are plenty of couples who can't have children, who can't conceive, who would more than be happy to take that child in and care for it and love it in a way that you can. So, yeah, I, I think that that is that something too, that you guys stress, you know, kind of trying to, you know, take back responsibility and and get rid of the victim part yeah with you know one of the things we just released a few months ago was this idea that you know the sexual revolution was really hijacked by abortion proponents and what you i mean abortion is essentially the end of the conveyor belt of a series of choices where you separate sexuality from its intended purposes of, you know, procreation is one of them, but intimacy and, you know, drawing a couple together and about serving and meeting the needs of another person versus always like, what can I get? Take, take, take. And that's what's happened is, is now sex is about what feels good for me and <laughs> what makes me happy and what's fulfilling and all of that. And of course, if, you know, at the end of it, you get pregnant. Well, if that doesn't make me happy, then I'll just take care of it. And, and that's the sad end to a basically 40, 50, 60 years of telling people sex serves no purpose other than to just make you feel good. And we're now reaping the consequences of that. So absolutely, a live action, we're helping people put those pieces back together to say, look, abortion is horrific. 
but you've been lied to in a series of other ways. And let us help you unpack that so that you can reassemble your life in a way that's life giving and freeing and, and going to help you thrive really. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of that too, is they've, they're kind of, they're is you're isolating people. So yes, everything becomes about me. I don't want this. I want that. It doesn't matter what you think. It's, um, selfish. It's, yeah. It's, it's about, you know, taking away the American family. Oh, I don't need a man. Oh, I don't need this. When in reality, people who are raised by both parents of both genders are better off in the long run. This is, you know, studies have shown this. So by, by isolating people away, and it's really only one side of the spectrum is doing this. They're trying to make every, they claim that it's all about everyone coming together and doing things, but they're all about self. It's all about selfish wants. Mm. It's about, I, I don't want to work. I don't want, you know, I don't want to have to, you know, worry about paying for my own things. I don't want to have to worry about paying for things like birth control. It's, it becomes, it's making people selfish as opposed to what they claim to be doing, which is making everyone into this big community of people, which is, and by the biggest thing to do that is to dehumanize a large section of people, which would be unborn babies. I think what you said about isolating, um, I especially think of women who've had an abortion. I think, unfortunately, they feel isolated. And, and my guess is you have people listening right now who have had an abortion. And I would, I would say to them that we, we need your stories. Those of us in the pro-life movement, we actually need you to share what you have walked through. You are welcome in this movement. Um, we hope that your past choice never makes you feel isolated because we're actually the side that's gonna acknowledge what you have gone through. We're not gonna ask you to be quiet about your experience. You know, I myself have gone through a miscarriage and pro-abortion people can't celebrate the life of the child I lost and yet be for abortion. And so only in the pro-life side can we acknowledge and celebrate those children that are lost, whether by miscarriage or abortion. And no person should feel isolated by their choices. We want to welcome them in and say, we are going to be here to love on you and to support you and to take care of you in a way that pro-abortion side simply cannot because of their ideology. Awesome. So, uh, so where can people find out more about live action online and, and see some of the work that you guys are doing? Absolutely. It's very simple. Liveaction.org uh, is our website, or they can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, you know, Twitter, anywhere that there's social media. We have a presence there. We actually have the largest online following of any group in the movement. So you'll, you'll quickly engage with a lot of other pro-life people. And it's, it's exactly where we would want to connect with people as well. So follow us on our mailing list, start watching our content, you know, sharing it however they, they want to share it. But yeah, liveaction.org. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll link to this in the description of this episode once we upload it. So you guys can click on it. You don't, obviously it's very easy to remember, but just so it's right there for you when you're, you're sitting there and you're interested in checking it out. Do you guys have any events coming up um, to, to represent the movement? And, well, we don't tend to do a lot of in-person events that we advertise. We'll, we'll do them in cities and whatnot. But one thing we did just launch is the live action ambassadors. And so that is actually an online movement that we're starting. And people can go to liveaction.org and look up ambassadors and you can apply to become one of our digital ambassadors. And there's special training for people, exclusive content. And so it's essentially an online content or online event. Um, and then as we have things, we let those people know. So we had a bunch of people that showed up at CPAC to, to meet Lila Rose, our CEO, and the rest of the team that were there. And so through that, people can stay connected. Awesome. 
Well, that, that was great. So guys, again, liveaction.org, you can check them out. That'll be linked down below. But th thanks, Joanna, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Very informative, good conversation. And uh, guys, we'll come back at you tomorrow. Have a great rest of the night, everyone. Talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. It's Evan from Empire State Conservative Network. Please check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, and on Twitter at Empire State Cons. Also, check out our store at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com slash store for all current and future merchandise to help melt the snowflakes in your life. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.